0: here we go here we go all right hello and welcome to casual Krakoa. i'm debusing founder and editor in chief of comicbookherald.com you are listening today to the episode where we're going to talk about the 2022 x men election results okay so uh the x men election is something that happens annually now the first one was in 2021 and uh we we as a collective unit voted on Polaris. Polaris was the winner. Therefore, Polaris is in the X-Men book. Now, fans don't get to vote on literally everyone in the X-Men team, right? The core team is primarily selected by the creators working on the book. So in this instance, we have Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz writing the book right now. It's on issue six. Uh, I didn't really talk about this last week, but issue six of X-Men was 100% my favorite um of the run to date okay i, I actually quite enjoyed it uh it, but nonetheless okay we get to vote on one person and that's what's happening here in 2022 the candidates have already been announced for the year of who we're going to get to vote on for this x-men team so we'll have a list of like nine candidates um and we get to uh, as a as a collective x-men fandom pick one. Okay. So we're going to talk about who the candidates are today. We're going to talk about, um, you know, some stories that I recommend reading for all of them. And then, you know, also I'm just going to do my best to influence everyone listening. And again, thanks to those of you listening live to, uh, select the same individual that I select. So I want everyone to vote for my candidate. So they win because of course I want my candidate to win right as, as all of us will. So, all right, let's, let's dig into, uh, you know, who the candidates are, and what their deals are. Now, as we talk about this again, uh, you know, I am live here. So if you are here live with me in the chat, let me know any questions that you might have. I would love to address as many of them as I can get to today. Um, I don't have a heck of a lot of other things to talk about beyond the election today. So, you know, if there are questions or things about, you know, we got X-Lives, x of Wolverine coming up. We got the end of the Hickman era, obviously, with Inferno just having happened. Um, I've been reading the Phalanx Covenant and Generation X, actually, for my marvelous year, 1994. um, And kind of just because I had an itch to do so. Uh, So if you want to talk about that little stuff, you know, definitely let us know. But, uh, but yeah, let's talk 2022 X-Men election. And again, thanks for joining live to those of you who are here for Casual Krakoa. And thank you, Gentle, for welcoming us with that, uh, <laughs> that warming message that you do, in fact, hate this. So, all right, let's talk the election. The candidates for the 2022 X-Men election are Armor, Avalanche, Bling, Firestar, Gentle, Gorgon, micromax penance siren and surge okay those are individual candidates for the 2022 x-men election um here's the thing here's the thing about these candidates generally the x office has done a very good job here to select like pretty lesser known characters you know generally there these are like you know characters who are pretty on the fringe um, their X-Men fans will know these characters and have some details about them. But like, for the most part, if you go out on the street and you're like, tell me what you know about Micromax, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> like, it's just, it's as simple as that. You're going to sound like a crazy person because nobody knows about Micromax. Um, myself included, right? I, what, Micromax, what, what are you doing here? Everyone voting for Micromax, why? Explain to me why. I really want to understand this. Uh, but I will say, I think there's one candidate on here who stands out by far, by far, as the only candidate <laughs> who has enough of a history and has like been in books and led books to the point that they they seem like they're going to, to you know, run away with this campaign. And it's penance. It's Monet. Uh, it is M. Monet St. Croix. Touts herself as a near-perfect mutant specimen with a wide range of powers and talents. Also, though she once considered it a burden, Monet is now capable of shifting to and from her deadly penance form at will. She currently is the co-CXO of X-Corp. Okay, let's let's unpack that a little bit here. Um, and I'm seeing in the comments here, I legit don't know who half of them are. Totally fair, right? You can be an X-Men fan. You can be an X-Men fan of the Hickman era and feel that way, right? I would say, you know, of the Krakoa era, the characters who have had relevance and have had like you know important moments we have armor has had some moments and shouts to armor for putting her name on the ballot for a second straight election the only character here who is running twice two elections in a row uh which is funny and but also you know it requires persistence right but armor's had a role in the the new mutants run written by ed brisson remember that um we have uh gorgon certainly a Hick- a longtime hickman favorite had a run um you know had a role in x-men and then of course had a very memorable death in cable number six in the ten of swords tournament and then, uh, you know, we have Penance, right? Monet St. Croix um, has had a big role, but we also had Siren. Siren had a role in X-Factor, the Lee Williams written series, uh, continuing the saga of Siren being possessed by the Morrigan, this goddess of death. Um, that's something that carried over from the end of the Peter David X-Factor run, carried into Lee Williams' X-Factor, uh, and, and definitely calls into question Siren's uh, um, psychological health. I think, heading into, you know, a possible X-Men ship, uh, but also, like, her possession, you know, status. <laughs> and at the end of X-Factor, Siren is no longer possessed by the Morgan, uh, as far as we know, but, like, that's recent. That's some recent stuff. But anyway, the rest of these characters are, like, virtually untouched in the Krakoa era. Um, and that is both interesting and exciting, but it also certainly, I think, gives a lot of these characters a leg up. Now, getting back to... The leg up that I was just describing, which is uh, penance, <laughs> you know, right? Like, like penance has just an absurd, absurd leg up on this. Um, Monet has so Monet debuts in the Phalanx Covenant in um, in 1994 in Uncanny X Men. Uh, I think it's issue 316, which I actually just read early today because again, I had the itch to read Phalanx uh, Covenant. You you ever just sitting at work and you're working dutifully, right? As as we all do and suddenly something gives you the itch to read the Phalanx Covenant from beginning to end, including all the tie-ins? Or is that just me? <laughs> because that happened today, and uh, I really wanted to dig into the Phalanx Covenant, which I did. But that's where Monet starts, right? So that's a that's a lengthy character history. Um, the character then goes on to star in Generation Next, which is a fan-favorite beloved series on um, Scott Lobdell, Chris Pactolo. Um, If anyone has a a, a pronunciation guide, to Chris Pachalo, that they can they, they can elucidate in the chat here, in the live stream, I will be eternally grateful because I've said that 6,000 different ways um, over the course of talking about comics over the last several years, and I'm like 99% sure I've never gotten it right. Uh, but anyway, Monet has like superstar status in this beloved book, and then and then goes on to the Peter David X-Factor and has a key role there in that series that ran from 2005 until, you know, forever, right? So, and and on top of that, on top of that, and this is the kicker, Monet actually co-led a book in the Krakoa era, okay, the only character, the only character who has done such a thing in this era of X-Men comics, but here's the problem, X-Corp is the worst book of the Krakoa era of comics, okay, that was the worst comic of the entire bunch, I know I have been critical of Fallen Angels here right which got a lot of attention as one of the dawn of x wave books because the rest of the launch of the dawn of x was so good i was particularly let down and disappointed in fallen angels just sort of disconnect from the line i like fallen angels more than x corp okay um i buy a lot actually uh x corp is a bust it's a bust and listen is that literally monet's fault, right is that literally penance's fault Of course not, but if we're viewing this in sort of the meta-narrative of characters leading their own titles, um, I actually don't think Monet having a co-lead role in X-Corp is to her advantage. In fact, for me, that's a resume killer, okay? This character already got the opportunity to lead a five-issue miniseries alongside Angel, and it was the worst of the bunch. So, are we going to vote for this character... Who is uh has already had that opportunity to go and join the X-Men, I say the nay. I say the nay. Now listen, Monet's a really cool character, okay? Penance is pretty awesome. Um, I really like her character. She's cool. But here, like, Monet has gotten at bats and will continue to get at bats. Okay. Um, so I, I think whereas a lot of these other characters that we're gonna talk about, like there's no assurance that we will see them in any capacity, with the exception maybe of Gorgon, because there's some post-Tennis Swords, otherworld Fallout, which is the only reason I want to know more about um about uh, uh, you know that character. Uh, uh, hey, I'm I'm seeing X Corp is better than Excalibur in the chat here. Uh-uh uh-uh it's not it is definitely not all right uh sell me on the virtues of X-Corp. And, and, and I will have the conversation, but Excalibur has upside, okay? Um, it, it, is, it is not even close for me personally, right? I, I will be the Excalibur defender in this scenario as needed. But again, that is, that is my only possible argument against Monet, who is the clear lead, right? The clear number one seed in this election, if you ask me. The only argument I can come up with is Coled worst book of the Krakoa X-Men era, No longer the Hickman X-Men era, which, boy, is that a problem if you, let's just hypothetically, you run a website, right? Let's just say you run a great, the world's most helpful comic book website, and you do all sorts of really great, helpful reading orders, and you put in your URL the Hickman X-Men reading order, right? That becomes a problem when that creator leaves the franchise, and now you're on era three, you know, of that, and and I don't know what to call it. So I think it's still just going to stay the Hickman X-Men reading order, um, except it's just going to have to be the third era, you know, will be... It's a Krakoa X-Men era now, um, but I'm, I'm leaving Hickman in the URL, right? I can't, I can't be dealing with redirects and things. I'm a busy guy. Uh, so anyway, that's the only argument I can think of against Monet. But otherwise, I mean, listen, don't be surprised when Monet wins, <laughs> okay? Do not be surprised. This is the most well-known character with the possible exception of the curveball firestar. And this is the character with absolutely the most um the most reps, right? The most at bats, the most time together in a bunch of titles that people like. Again, predominantly Generation X in the 90s and X Factor written by Peter David. Okay. So all right. Let's talk and, and, and two, you know, I'm seeing here, you know, Laura verse Monet tension, you gotta want it. Um that's a good comment. Uh If Monet wins, when Monet wins, most likely, I'm not going to be bummed by that at all. Uh, I'm not going to be bothered by that at all. That's going to be a great addition. Now, I will say, I will say that's going to be Monet added to what will continue to be presumably a Jerry Duggan written X-Men book, hopefully continuing with Pepe LeRozard, which would be the main selling point of like, okay, what's this character going to do? Pepe is doing penance stuff? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Pepe is absolutely just, you know, God Among Men at this point on the x Um, But is Monet, the, you know, is Jerry Duggan going to find Monet's voice uh, better than some other creators can? I, I, That makes me cringe a bit, right? That makes me a little skeptical. Um So, all right. So I think Monet's going to win. I think she's going to win by a landslide. But Monet did not get my vote. And that's my reason why. Um, but again, if you want to read some pen and stuff, if you're like, I want to know more about this character generation X, baby, go to family covenant in 1994 into generation X, and then jump as much generation, generation X as you're feeling, but then you can jump to X factor by Peter David. All right. So let's just go in alphabetical order from that point forward. Actually, you know what? No, let's not do that. Instead, I'm just going to go straight to who I voted for and, and who I want to see win. Okay. Um, let's do that. And, and let me know here in the chat, right? And And if you're following along live again i thank you for doing that i appreciate you joining here and supporting me that is super appreciated um let me know in the chat who you're voting for uh if you have questions or you just want to support the site or whatever the super chat is open if you want to get those things make sure that they're visible um i will definitely prioritize what i can see there uh but okay so here is my pick for the x-men vote 2022 this has already been submitted my mind cannot be made up on this uh, again because i will not be voting twice like some kind of renegade (laughs) one vote per person uh my vote is gentle okay my vote is gentle uh and and that is final um i didn't know that much about this character right i remember gentle from like two series primarily um i remember him originating in new x-men written by um craig kyle and christopher yost i might have that backwards christopher kyle and craig yost one of the two one of the two, the writing partner, Yost and Kyle. Uh, in New X-Men, that's where the character debuts. We see the character then in the series that I would actually recommend that everybody vote for, which is, or that everybody read, if you want to get to know Gentle a little bit, which is X-Men Worlds Apart. It's a four-issue miniseries. Uh, it, is, um, it stars uh, Black Panther and Storm during the time when they were married, right? Um, or right around there, right? Because that's right around Civil War. and uh, And it's actually a Shadow King story. Okay, It's a Shadow King possesses Black Panther in Wakanda story, and Storm and Gentle kind of have to fight through that and figure it out. Um, It's a fairly interesting four-issue series, okay? But here's why I'm voting for Gentle. Um, And and I've also, you know, the character also shows up again in X-Men Red, the Tom Taylor written series, um, which is, you know, one of those, the Dark Ages, like Shining Lights, right, one of those books that is still recommendable in the Dark Ages of X-Books. Gentle shows up there, doesn't get a heck of a lot to do. Here's why Gentle's cool as heck, Um, first of all, Okay. Uh, gentle is a character who basically can hulk out basically can get as strong as needed except for the longest time it caused him tremendous tremendous physical pain okay so like he didn't want to do it he's also you know probably because of that but also just unrelated like more or less a pacifist okay um hence the hence the tagline gentle right hence the code name gentle Uh, the other thing with gentle is because of this pain he gets vibranium tattoos to absorb some of the energy that causes him this pain vibranium tattoos is one of the coolest two-word phrases in the entire marvel universe like there are a few things cooler than vibranium tattoos now gentle's father is russian and his mother is wakandan okay so he's kind of an outcast within wakandan space he faces all this hostility and and um you know just sort of like never fitting in in Wakanda because of his Russian father this also this is my main reason that i think gentle is so interesting for possible x-men stories which is wakandan politics with kurkoa are incredibly interesting right because of the storm black panther dynamic because of the fact that wakanda does not accept or need Krakowian drugs, as they put it, but they have a generally friendly relationship where they acknowledge their nationhood. But then you have um, Gentles, the other side of his heritage, and I don't, I don't know that his father's ever even been seen in a comic, as far as I'm aware. But his Russian father, you know, see so for this Wakandan Rush- Russia, of course, is a nation that is actively hostile towards Krakoa, as we've primarily seen in the pages of the Ben Percy-written X-Force and everything that's going on there with Colossus, with Mikhail Rasputin, and with the Chronicler and all that stuff, right? So you have a lot of political intrigue with this character's heritage, with their culture, Um, and then again, just like a really interesting, largely untapped character. You know, when this character debuts in the pages of that new X-Men run, they don't get a heck of a lot of of at-bats, right? Not a heck of a lot of screen time. Um, and, and then into like X-Men Worlds Apart, you know, just a supporting character. And then with X-Men Red, you know, you get a little bit about the origin, but mostly you just have Jean Grey stepping in and being like, all right, all right, I get it. I'll fix you. Um, and not really talking to Gentle, not really getting his perspective, kind of just doing the Gene Gray thing and stepping in and taking action and, and just doing it without the conversation, right? So I think that that definitely Gentle is the lead pick for me. I think this would just be a cool character to see. I think visually, Pepe Larraz would kill it. Again, you can have this character just become different sizes; their mass increases. Those vibranium tattoos will look cool as hell. Um, that was the, that's my vote. All right, so so that is who I would like to see voted on to this x-men team in 2022 and those are my reasons i want to hear why people uh agree with that um and i don't want to hear anything else <laughs> so you can let me know in the comments all right so the other candidates in this in this lineup let's talk about all of them oh uh, we got armor okay Armor uh for me is definitely most well known through Astonishing X-Men. Um Hisako Ichiki, you know, she can create a powerful psionic force field around herself. Uh we have seen her. Uh she literally plants the first Girkoan flower on Mars, way back in House of X number one. Um and again in the Ed Brisson Flaviano run on New Mutants, Armor gets a little bit of a role. Um again, debuts in the Joss Whedon John Cassidy Astonishing X-Men book, which is very important in uh, for me in terms of uh, you know my formative of years of, of getting into actual X-Men comics. So, armor's cool. I really like Armour. Again, another character that I will not be bothered seeing voted in. I guess that's, that's kind of the thing, is like, when I go up and down this list, there's only two, probably three characters that I genuinely don't want to see on the team that I'd actually be, like, disappointed by. Um, so, we can talk... I guess let's, let's talk about those since I'm naming them, all right? So, I think the characters that I would be disappointed to actually see voted into the X-Men uh, Firestar... I think that one's just a stretch, right? Um Firestar is most well known as one of Spider-Man's amazing friends, uh you know from the very funny. If you watch it now, it is on Disney Plus. Um I try to get my my boys into it and they're not having it. <laughs> Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends Cannot Hold a Candle to Spidey and His Amazing Friends, which is the new uh modern animated series for children with theme music by fallout boys patrick stump which rules um it's a very fun show but anyway they were not feeling it but that's that's where firestar is most well known um and i think in that vein a lot of fans don't even realize firestar is a mutant okay like this is a thing that gets originated circa 1985 1986 i would say the most pertinent thing you can read to get a feel for like what is firestar angelica jones even doing here is the 1986 Firestar miniseries. It's four issues. That details Angelica's time with the Massachusetts Academy and Emma Frost and their relationship and kind of how all of that falls apart. But, you know, most longtime comics readers even, um, that stuff kind of falls to the wayside. You have Firestar with the New Warriors for a good long time, the Fabian D.C. has a run. And then into the 2000s, you have the Kurt Busiak and George Perez Avengers run, where um, Firestar and, uh, who is it, Justice, Uh, From the New Warriors, become these sort of new young Avengers on the team. Like those are the most well-known Firestar comics, I would say. Um, Definitely not super well known as a mutant. You know, they they take care to mention here that Firestar, like she has not claimed her Cohen citizenship. She is she does not as readily identify, I think, as mutant as anyone on this list. There's some interesting stories, I think, certainly that can be told with this character. I don't know that they need to take place in X-Men. And also just like the idea of Mutant Kind uniting behind this character and voting for them for an X-Men team feels like kind of the biggest stretch of the bunch. So I don't really want to see Firestar win out. um, Even though, again, I would like to see that character in a book in some sort of supporting role um, to kind of get a feel for like, what is Angelica Jones' deal? What does she think about all this? Um, That could be interesting. There's meat on the bone there, but I don't want to see Firestar win Uh, The other characters that I definitely don't want to see win would be, um, well, I mentioned uh, Penance, but, you know, again, I'd be fine with her winning. Um, Siren, I'm not super into the idea of Siren winning. Um, We already had Banshee, her father, not win last year. I think finished in second to Polaris in the election. Uh, Siren, again, same kind of thing. If you want to read more about this character, um, there's a lot of, like, 90s X-Force and 90s Deadpool. The Peter David X-Factor is probably the 2000s book that, that I most associate with the character. And then, of course, the most recent um, X Factor with, with the Morgan stuff. Uh, for me, it's the Morgan stuff where I'm kind of like, I just don't feel like Siren's in a place where being on the X-Men makes a lot of sense. I also just power set, visual-wise, don't think that's that exciting um, to add to this team. Uh, it feels like uh, more of the same in a lot of ways. So I'm not that into the idea of Siren making the team. And then the third pick that I definitely don't want to see elected is Micromax i've got literally it's not it's not just that i don't have any love for micromax it's that i have nothing for micromax it is just a black hole of yeah technically i guess i remember this character being in the alan davis issues of, of excalibur in the 90s um but i have no picks for what you should read for micromax and i won't pretend to be bothered uh so again if you're a micromax stan uh let me know the best thing about micromax the best thing about micromax by far is his election photo being a tiny head because he gets big and small. <laughs> like Giant Man. That is literally the best thing about Micromax. And the only reason I can see uh, this character even making some kind of run is because that's kind of funny. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's it's those three are out for me. Okay, so back to Armor. I think um, Armor would be a good fit. I would enjoy it. She makes sense. I just I'd be surprised if Armor really made a run here. Um, She doesn't seem to have like the fan support. Um, Again, she's had these little moments in this era, but I just, I don't know, like it doesn't seem like this character has enough of a groundswell of support to truly, truly win. Um, I think the same thing could probably be said for Bling. Uh, Bling is a character who um, I would recommend reading and and most recognized from the um, uh, Generation X run by Christina Strain. This is another really good one. Um, so from the um the Dark Ages, right? The pre-House of X and Powers a 10 era, where uh you know there weren't <laughs> many very good X-Men comics, Generation X is very good, again written by Christina Strain, Bling's in that comic, um, and Bling's a cool character. Uh Bling is a cool character, but again, in terms of, of people knowing a heck of a lot about her or really having a lot of reason to vote for her, um, I'd be a little surprised if if they made a run of any sort. Um, but, you know, again, I'm, I'm here for it. I'd be into it. Um, I think that would be cool. Okay. Uh, Avalanche is maybe the biggest curveball of the whole bunch, I would say. Um, again, probably, if I'm not mistaken, I guess Siren's probably technically longer running because she actually debuts, I think, back in the Claremont Spider Woman stuff, um, as, as kind of more of a villainous thing connected with Black Tom. But Avalanche is just like classic Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I guess not the classic, the renewed classic with Mystique, Destiny, Pyro, and Blob, right? Avalanche is always, he's like the third wheel of the third wheel, you know, on that Brotherhood team. Um, The main reason I like Avalanche is I had a cool action figure of him growing up. Like, that is the primary reason I'm into Avalanche. I liked him as a supporting player with that Brotherhood team. Um, But I do not know Avalanche, like, as a person. Like, even picking comics, I'm like... You know, you can read all the classic Brotherhood stuff. You can read them going into Freedom Force in the 1980s, of course, during the Claremont run. Um, But you don't get a lot of internal anything about who Avalanche is, what his deal is. I remember some stuff, and I don't remember the issues, but during the Utopia era, I think he ran like a bar, um, which is like the most interesting factoid (laughs) I can remember about Avalanche. Uh, You know, Avalanche does raise the interesting question about all this, which is like, can and should a Brotherhood player, you know, a former evil mutant, be on the X-Men squad? I think that general idea is a good one, and I dig it. I just don't think Avalanche is necessarily the right fit. Um, oh, I see the comment here that I quite dig. Maybe Avalanche is a Mystique Destiny plant. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool, right? If you then get the council influence of Mystique and Destiny in the Destiny of X with Avalanche On the X-Men squad, acting as kind of a mole, but also really wanting to do a good job maybe and connect to that team. That's a a cool angle to bring into it. So Avalanche could be interesting. Again, I would not be upset if Avalanche won, um, but it definitely a curveball. I think there are probably a lot of more well-known or or more established. Even somebody like Pyro, who's had such a moment and had such, you know, sort of clear characterizations in Marauders, um, that would probably make more sense. In terms of bringing into the x-men just because we've seen something of them as opposed to bringing an avalanche who has had you know he, he has a moment um during the last annihilation event as part of like sword uh but but very little beyond that you know so and i'm seeing the comment here too i think avalanche would be dope but like on a hellions type of book uh yeah i think that's a better fit right It'll bring avalanche into the equation let's get to know him uh but i do not think avalanche is probably the the player that we want to see on this x-men squad All right, Um, so, and and while we're talking about, you know, could villains be elected, former villains, because no one is a villain on Krakow anymore, right? That's not how the mutant society works. Could former villains be elected into this? Uh, That brings in Gorgon, right? Which is probably the most, one of the most interesting to me uh, examples here, right? I would say it's like, the ones that really get my attention are obviously Gentle, Monet, and then probably Gorgon. it says here, like the mythical creature of his namesake, Tomi Shishido's gaze can turn anyone who meets it into stone. Obviously, we all remember, if you've been reading this X-Men era, you remember Gorgon from Ten of Swords. He has that incredible uh, death scene where he goes out fighting the, the White Swords, hundred you know warriors. He takes out a bunch of them, takes out enough of them that the X-Men sort of have a chance in the tournament. Before that, they were just absolutely getting blown out. So um, Gorgon isn't a really interesting mutant. I think, uh, but that interesting, and, and I really, you know, if you're interested in Gorgon reading, uh, you have like Wolverine Enemy this the State where the character debuts written by Mark Miller, I think with John Romita Jr. Um, and then my pick would be Secret Warriors, right? Written by Jonathan Hickman. Um, that's, that's definitely where the character comes into their own. I mean, the problem, <laughs> the challenge with Gorgon as an electable candidate is, of course, you know, he's Nazi Hydra, hydra scum. <laughs> so, like, that's a big negative. That's a big minus in the category for this character. I mean, the other thing with Gorgon is, um, okay, Gorgon dies in Otherworld, in, uh, in Ten of Swords. And has been resurrected. And we've seen the character sense, technically, in Way of X... Uh, but they are a shell of them for their former self. Um, he is basically like the mental state of a child, essentially. A Nightcrawler has to like do all these pranks to sort of get him from like, you know, just childlike, you know, childlike rage, like taking his, his anger out on people. Um, and we have we don't really have a good sense of like what actually happened to the characters that were resurrected in Otherworld. We have Gorgon and we have Rockslide. And that is the main reason. The main reason I would want to see Gorgon elected would be for like one or two issues where we could get some answers to what their deal is to, and I think too, like what's really interesting, I'm going to spoil Trial of Magneto here. Okay. So if you're worried about that, hop out for like two minutes? Um, but what we saw, we just saw essentially in Trial of Magneto 1 to 5 is Wanda Maximoff's gift to mutant kind now is that like anyone can be resurrected now, even pre Cerebro. Okay, she creates this, this um, whatever, mystical realm where basically any mutant who has existed, a la the example we see is Thunderbird, who dies, you know, way back in Claremont's, you know, first or second issue on Kenny X-Men number 94. Um, they can be resurrected now, even if Professor X doesn't have a cerebral backup. Does that change the status for Gorgon and Rockslide, right? Couldn't they just be resurrected now with backups from what Scarlet Witch made available as opposed to these corrupted cerebral backups? I guess I don't really know why that wouldn't work, but that's why I'd want to see Gorgon on the team to have that sort of fully explored and explained. Um, Because if Gorgon starts as he is now, which is, again, just a kind of a broken shell of themselves... Um, I don't know why this character would be elected to the X Men, why anyone would think that was a reasonable idea, <laughs> right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but I think at the same time, if we get Gorgon elected, I want Gorgon elected for one or two issues, and then I want the election results thrown out after his Nazi past is discovered and he is kicked out of office, and then we get the actual winner back in play. Uh, but again, if you want a cool Gorgon read, definitely check out the character in the Hickman written Secret Warriors. Um, I think that is the most interesting example you're going to find. Uh, all right, so keep the comments coming. Definitely keep, um, you know, what is what is happening here uh, in terms of your votes, in terms of who you want to see. I want to hear it. All right. Let's see. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about Scarlet Witch, maybe making it so Gorgon could be resurrected. That makes sense. Uh, who haven't we talked about? so far um i think we covered pretty much everyone let's see we haven't talked about surge surge is definitely the character i've known the least about uh that new x-men run from 2004 to 2008 i think she actually debuts before that even in the run for like a couple years probably like 2002 to 2003 um in in the new x-men or i think it's probably maybe it's new mutants at that point uh regardless noriko Ishida, uh definitely the character i know the least about have read the least of uh she can produce devastating blasts of lightning and move at incredible speeds she's poised to team up with her fellow new x-men alums to protect the next generation of mutant dumb uh here's what i remember about surge from those new x-men issues um this is a character that needs uh He needs an ally (laughs) on the creative team because it's definitely a character who's been written as extremely difficult. I think that's putting it generously. I think I definitely remember some moments where she is outright hostile to the mutants around her, um, borderline bigoted, I think, a lot of times. So uh, for me, Surge is a tough sell. Uh, I'd be curious for fans of the character, and I know this is X-Men, so there are a lot of them, uh, what it is about this character that they think would make a lot of sense as an X-Men, kind of how you would rejuvenate and, and sort of fix uh, a messy history like that, um, I would be interested in hearing more about that. Because for myself, again, I just don't have a history with the character where I would know a lot about them. Um, I see somebody writing here, I vote Surge. She is better Thanos armor for sure. Uh, she's definitely not better than Thanos. She's <laughs> not cooler than Thanos. Nobody on this list. Nobody. If, if, if Thanos was on this list, I would be voting for Thanos. Uh, it would not be even close. Um, it would be an absolute massacre, both in terms of the voting results and in terms of what would happen on Krakoa once they left Sand. <laughs> I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, that would be a mess. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just don't know that much about Surge. So my pick, to, to sum it all up, my pick is Gentle. I think Gentle would be the best candidate to join an X-Men team. I think there's the most interesting possible stories there in terms of Wakandan politics, in terms of potentially Russian politics, in terms of developing this character into something more interesting. Uh, and and also just like, you know, giving, giving as a BDMA, something that we know, like giving him a run where we have some knowledge of this character and who they are. I think that would be the best fit. I think Monet Penance is going to win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I, I just think that is such a, if you take Monet off this list, I don't know who's going to win. If you take money off this list, then I'm like, I, I'm actually very confused because Firestar again would be the most well-known um, alongside maybe Avalanche. Uh, it, Cause here's the thing with like, with these votings, like, like this gets broadcast. This isn't just coming out to like X-Men comics readers. You know what I mean? Right. This is on Marvel mainstream, right? This is on Marvel mainline. Um, so, like, the people who are going to win are characters that have been around a long time, uh, or in Polaris's case, somebody who's been on a flipping TV show, <laughs> you know, um, which for, you know, in this, this electorate is only Firestar, you know? So, like, Monet being on this list, I think in terms of, okay, no one here has really had a multimedia presence, so that's out the window, so good on them. But Monet has been in so many more books than everyone else with big roles, uh, I just don't see how hell penance doesn't win uh that would be honestly really really weird so i think what we're going to see i think the plan here is everybody votes now so voting extends through tomorrow tomorrow is january 13th at the time that i'm recording this you can go to marvel.com slash x-men vote and vote for yourself um and then whoever wins i think will be announced um, well, maybe they'll be announced ahead of time, but they won't debut in X-Men comics until the next Hellfire Gala, which I'm imagining is going to happen again in, like, June or July, right? It's probably going to be, like, an annual summer thing with another Han- Hellfire Gala. Um, and, you know, this this X team wants to do that every year, right? And, and do a Krakowa Hellfire Gala every year with, uh, with a new person. So, you know, I do have to say, like, big picture, I really like rolling out these X-Men elections every year. Uh, this one felt soon, but I was I was made aware that actually it had been like a year since we did this the first time. It just feels like no time has passed at all because, uh, you know, cause what is time? Um, but I do like this idea in general. And I, I think it's a good thing for the X line. And it's a fun thing to kind of talk through like, you know, who, who your favorite X-Men are on a list of weird, small X-Men, <laughs> you know, um, I'm definitely not. And I've talked about this before, but like, I'm definitely not the kind, like I'm a big X-Men fan, obviously. Um, I, I like big stories. I like plots. I like, Um, universe dynamics and how everything connects to the Marvel Comics universe, I do not have super strong affiliations with individual characters, you know? I mean, like, my favorite mutants are... I have favorite mutants, right? Certainly. And, like, Nightcrawler, I really, really love. But I don't have that, like, intense passion for individual characters that a lot of X-Men fans seem to, you know? With With the... uh, extension of of you know x-men fandom on twitter and and certainly here on youtube in the comments right certain fans just have like fixations and passions for particular characters um and i just do not operate that way i definitely look at the big picture much more frequently so for me when i see a list like this i don't immediately have super strong emotions and i also just don't have that much affinity or affection for like all these really really small x-men um again like it's, i remember the stories they're in and i remember how i felt about the stories they're in as opposed to them individually but again it's like i have i do have favorites within that so i get why some people love it um but for me it's not it's not exactly how my brain works um i'm seeing a, a super chat here it says i feel like the biggest impact of this era is that it feels like mutants have formed their wakanda aka a highly advanced nation with colonies of their own yeah it's definitely a parallel i mean it's definitely there are definitely parallels there in terms of Krakoa being sort of a new Wakanda for mutant kind. I mean, I think it's more than that, frankly, um, just because of the the suddenness of how they emerge and, and kind of the power that they wield in terms of just literally the individuals that live on the island, you know. Um, but I, I think, yeah, it's a parallel. And that's why I want to see more of those Wakandan and Krakoan politics come into play. You know, and I, I think Gentle brings that potential. I mean, that stuff's going to happen regardless of whether or not gentle is elected right it's set up with the storm and black panther stuff that happened in ten of swords and that issue written by vita ayala um it's set up back in the hickman stuff in house and powers right wakanda's highlighted in rend we do not need and drugs um there are wakandan stories that are going to come um regardless in terms of how these interact could we have a Krikoa versus wakanda kind of political thing could that be an event comic there's all sorts of things in play potentially um with that relationship and i'm here for it you know it, it was interesting and i think i talked about this Probably in the last one, but in the in the interview Hickman did with uh, J.M. Miles explain the X Men. Really good, uh, really interesting interview. Um, he talked about how in his giant size comics, he actually wanted uh, when when Jean Grey and Emma Frost go on their psychic rescue mission and rescue Storm, he was actually going to have it be where they found uh, Storm, and the, the secret there was going to be that she was pregnant. And the story, initially at least, was going to be that Storm was pregnant with T'Challa's. Um, I think sonnet was going to turn out to be that they were pregnant together with a child. And that child was going to play a huge role in terms of like the then, but also future stories, because the child was going to be raised in the world. And then it was going to bring in this whole future where you have someone of Krakoa and of Wakanda, um, which really would have brought these, these, you know, sort of issues and conversations into focus. I don't, this gets obviously gets debated heavily because the idea of like, should Storm and T'Challa have a kid? um, Would that be a good story? That alone is going to elicit a visceral emotional reaction for a lot of folks. Um, I, I When I just hear that part of it, I'm kind of like, no, that doesn't sound like a story I want. I really prefer Storm as the Queen of Morocco and what's going on now and what's going to be happening in X-Men Red, written by L. Ewing. Um, but the thing with the kid raised in the world and then future stories being told with this child of Krakoa and Wakanda, that in and of itself sounded pretty cool. That sounded really cool, actually, um, but those stories are not going to be told. <laughs> that one, That one did get shut down. I don't think that's a... A hickman i he, i mean the reason he shared it is not because it's an idea that the office is still working on he shared it because it got shut down it's not going to happen um so you know so that specific thing is not going to happen but definitely we're going to get wakandan stories of sorts so all right well, let's hear it um do we have any other reasons why any other characters should be primary candidates i would say as well you know get in any questions that you have now uh and i can address as many as possible here before i go i'm seeing here in the chat you know for folks who are interested in the current state of the election results as you can see the current results in marvel's twitter um is is penance winning i haven't looked at any results let me know here too is penance just blowing everyone out because i have to assume that's that's what's going to happen here all right we got a question here any thoughts on Abigail Brand being in league with Vulcan on Araco. Uh, Abigail Brand certainly has wheels within wheels, right? Uh so I I think nothing is out of the question. With Brand, I'm not sure exactly what the relationship would be with Vulcan, you know, in terms of like so the one of the I think X-Men Red number 2, the cover that was teased is it's going to be a um uh, what's going to be a storm and Vulcan are fighting on it, right? And covers can be very misleading, but the implication here is that Vulcan's actually going to have a role, uh, which is which is cool. So bringing the Vulcan stuff back, actually addressing some of those Hickmany setups, um, that'll be awesome. Is Abigail Brand going to have a role in all of that? I think I think she'll have to. You know, I think Sword and and Arako and all that will have to because the Vulcan secrets are huge, right? The Vulcan secrets are like hey, there's these weird alien folks, maybe in the Cancerverse, um, probably in the Cancerverse, who implanted some sort of secret bomb in him or something to that effect. Uh, it's just like, is is that gonna, that's something Abigail Brand's gonna have to deal with, right, in terms of dealing with like, yeah, uh, we have a mutant here, who is invaded by Cancer versus Aliens. This is a problem for the entire galaxy. That's Abigail Brand's deal, right? Is not just protecting Krakoa, not just protecting Earth, but protecting the galaxy, protecting humanity's interest in the universe. So yes, like the Vulcan problem is going to be an Abigail Brand problem. Uh, is that going to mean they're working together in some capacity? I mean, I don't think Abigail Brand, as much as she knows, as much as she has the Nick Fury capacity to know so many things and and all the, these secrets Vulcan's secret is like barely known to himself so I don't think anyone knows that um so I don't know that they could be working together at this stage although never never rule anything out when you see uh Abigail Brand in the question we see here uh, Firestar is in the lead which is not the most shocking okay I think Penance can and should be the favorite amongst X-Men comics readers Again, Firestar is the only character here with a multimedia presence purely from Spidey and his amazing friends. Um, So if that wins, that's going to be disappointing uh, because it is just going to be that thing of like, okay, I guess that character has the best brand recognition from like a weird three season 80s cartoon. (laughs) And that's just going to carry the day. Um, That would actually be pretty disappointing. Again, Firestar was one of my three that I actually don't want to see win i'm seeing top three firestar armor and penance again armor and penance both those would be cool um again firestar there are stories to be told uh you know what like in a lot of ways firestar fits Duggan's x-men better than anyone because Duggan is writing the x-men right now you know kind of like an avengers squad right like he is writing Cyclops' and gene's vision for what this x-men squad is as you know new york's avengers heroes right the things they are dealing with are the High Evolutionary, with an Annihilation Wave crashing into New York, with, um, you know, the Mega Robot in the first issue, whatever the heck that was, from Cordycep Jones and all that. Um, they're going to be dealing with MODOK in an upcoming issue we see on the cover. So, like, he's writing them as the team that fights avenger type battles, that fights Avenger, you know, they fought Nightmare, right? That's a Doctor Strange thing. Um, the, only, the only comic, and I think this is why I liked issue six so much, the only comic that really felt, m- like, mutant-centric... And X-Men focused was X-Men number six, right? With the whatever happened to Captain Krakoa stuff, where we have, it's very focused on Krakoa, it's very focused on Cyclops, it's focused on the Quiet Council, um, and it's focused on Planet Arako and, and all that, and, and some new developments as well. So that was a big part of why I thought it was so cool. Um, but Firestar would really fit into that dug mode of just being like, yeah, I'm just here to tell big, fun superhero stories. Um and and like this is a character that has that history. You know, and I should mention for Firestar too, like there are more interesting things about the character. Like she's a cancer survivor. Um, this is this is an individual who has overcome a lot. Um, and again, just that complicated relationship with like not identifying with Krakoa and not associating with her mutanthood as much. There's stuff that can be discussed there that could be interesting. Um, so I'm not voting for it myself and I don't want to see her win. But I understand why she'd be in the lead, and there is... I mean, that's the thing. is like At the end of the day, any of these characters selected, there are interesting stories that could be told, and it's up to Duggan and Laraz and the team to, to make it happen, you know? Um, so you just got to see whether or not they're going to do it. So, and it, I mean, it does seem, from the uh, the AIPT, Adventures in Portes to X-Men mm-hmm. Monday, where they have all the creators kind of make a case for different um, electorates, I mean, Duggan's comment on Firestar was, she's a cop. So... He doesn't seem excited (laughs) to take on the challenge of Firestar, Uh, but uh, maybe that's what he'll write then, right? Maybe that's what he'll write then, and that could work as well. Uh, So, you know, one piece of this that I'm not clear on, and I don't know if this is discussed or not, but is does the team just add one member, or does someone get taken off, right? So the X-Men squad, as we have it, in the Doug and LaRoz run is, um, whatever it is, seven deep. Is someone getting taken out of that to add one of the newly elected individuals? Uh, or like, or do we do an election all again and the team has a bunch of turnover and there's this one addition? Or is it just the same team, but now a plus one of Firestar, you know, uh, Penance, whoever, right? I, I'm not totally clear on the, like, exactly what the team balance is going to be. I mean, it seems like there would be a full-on, excuse me, a full-on election, for everyone on the team every year, right? It's an annual election. It seems like everyone would have to be up for a vote again. Um, so, you know, it seems like then Cyclops, Jean, Laura, Sink, um, Polaris, like all these individuals would, is Rogue in this book? I has she done anything? Uh, <laughs> why does Rogue never get a moment, right? It, let's let's get some Rogue love. Um, yeah, anyway, I think they're all gonna have to be voted in again. So it will be interesting to see like what the, what the team is going to be, I mean, in terms of, like, re-election status and all that, right now I have no idea. Um, we just haven't had enough story to really say. Uh, but, uh, but you know, maybe this circle will make that a little bit clearer. Okay. Uh, Sunfire. That's right. I forgot about Sunfire. Um finally having a cool moment in X-Men number six. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that continued and see, see that individual stay on the team. All right. We had a comment here. Any thoughts on what Deadpool's role will be in Destiny of X and if his mutant daughter... Will be brought to Krakoa. Um, so Deadpool is going to be, I think, in the upcoming Ben Percy written Wolverine run. Uh, it's a character who was teased in X Force, uh, we've seen this coming for a little bit. Um, what his role will be? I think it's going to be the role it always is, <laughs> which is a thorn in Wolverine's side, um, you know, causing chaos uh, and and also like helping some of these X Men who've lost their way, namely X Force potentially um see that like oh if Deadpool thinks this is a bad idea maybe it's a really bad idea um so I, I think it'll kind of be similar to what we saw. you know I would I would actually like because Deadpool's so good in the Reminder Uncanny X-Force from you know the early 2010s I would actually like to see Deadpool back in that arena of more I don't know if I need Deadpool living on Krakoa I don't know that it means one difference or another to me um but seeing him actually as a part of of, like, a covert X-Factor, um, or X-Force, rather, squad, uh, or at least working with Wolverine a little more closely, as opposed to them just cutting each other up, getting on each other's nerves, and healing a bunch, you know? Um, in terms of a Deadpool's mutant daughter would be brought to Krakoa, uh, I don't remember those details that clearly. That's from the Duggan run, I believe. Um, in terms of, like, that character, I guess I don't see why not. Um, that would be counter to Krakoa's belief system and laws. If she were not. So, all right. Let's see. What else do we got here? I'm seeing some votes for Gwynpool, which there is like a wild Gwynpool event type thing coming up. Uh, it's gonna be written by Tw- Tim Seeley, or at least it was. Who I've I've had like on and off interviews scheduled with for like four weeks now. <laughs> so that could be interesting. Um, I'll have to ask if we ever get that on the books. Well, let's see, what else here? Um What are your thoughts on Cassandra Nova joining the Marauders? Uh, ah, positive. <laughs> I've been I've been heartily rooting for Cassandra Nova to have more of a role in uh this era of X-Men. I was hoping it would be a little crazier. I was hoping it would be, you know, a bigger part of the extended Hickman X-Men run that uh, was not to be, you know, in terms of whether that meant she was influencing Professor X or she was influencing and politics behind the scene. Um, You know, all that is, it remains to be seen to certain degrees. Uh, But I think, you know, being a part of the upcoming Steve Orlando written Marauders run will be interesting. Um, I, we don't know what the Orlando Marauders book exactly is going to be, what a tone exactly it's going to take. Like if this was still going to be the Duggan Marauders, I'd be super nervous and pretty opposed because I think tonally, Cassandra like I don't want Cassandra Nova turned into a funny pirate <laughs> like Pyro. Like that feels like a miss, um, and and would really sort of, uh, kind of ruin the character for me in some ways. So I'm I'm tentatively optimistic. Uh, Orlando's a huge, huge Graham Morrison fan. Cassandra Nova, of course, is Graham Morrison character. Um, we saw this in, in Orlando's DC stuff, right? Like when he's writing GLA, he's he's doing all these Morrison ideas and concepts and characters and things. So I think it'll be done with love. I think it'll be done carefully. Um, and I, I hope it's good. And I, and I do want to know that Cassandra Nova's around and figure out what she's doing and how exactly that's going to play out. Because I think that will be very interesting. All right, we got another uh, super chat here. Thanks to everybody who is contributing. Uh, super appreciated. It definitely makes me want to keep doing these. Um, you know, as often as I can. Let's see. We say, after X-Men Monday and Hickman's last interview, it sounds more like he just tr- left to try Substack and left a rough three-year plan on good terms and will likely be back. Does he still have a Marvel book? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the... This is something we've talked about a fair amount, but, you know, I think the the answer that is likely the most true of these things, and there's probably certain elements that are like, you know, it's behind closed doors, internal stuff at a company he still works at. So, like, we're not going to get the full honest truth, I think, in some ways. Um, but the most realistic answer is it's sort of a nuanced separation, you know, where Hickman was like, hey, I want to push things forward. The rest of the office was – and, and then, but then, he like, he asked because, again, like – He's a good general manager here. Like he's, that's the most interesting thing about the Hickman experiment that nobody really wanted, (laughs) you know, in terms of like what we wanted from the comics, but it's basically he set himself up as like a GM of a team, right? And he was like, can I do this? Can I get a, you know, he was functioning more editorially than creatively. Um, So he put it to a vote, right? He was like, hey, who wants to, who wants to do this? And the rest of the, the rest of the staff, the rest of the creatives were like, no, we want to hang out in this Dawn of X. We want to hang out in the Krakoa era. We still have a lot to do here um and he was you know the way he tells it at least he was like all right cool um in that case i'm out maybe for a while maybe forever um and that's the way he's phrased it so like it's not inconceivable in any way that he could come back for an event uh down the road i mean is that gonna i don't know it's it's a tough thing right like two years from now if we have two years of kind of like middling x-men comics i don't think that's gonna that's just gonna feel disappointing frankly um but if it's like fairly good and Karen Gillen steps in and, and Mortal X-Men rules and now Ewing keeps doing a great job and it's like, yeah, X-Men comics are still pretty darn good and Hickman's coming back, right? It's, it's the thing of like, all right, are we bringing a free agent onto a winning team already um, or are we bringing a free agent back, you know, to the Bears, <laughs> right? My beloved Chicago Bears who are just always terrible and uh, and that'll make all the difference. That'll make all the difference, right? So if, the, if everyone else can hold this thing aloft and keep it going and keep some momentum and keep exciting things happening, then the possibility of a Hickman return for any measure is cool and exciting. Um, if it if it really bottoms out, then it's not going to make a heck of a difference. Uh, as for, as far as the question, does he still have a Marvel book? Nothing's been announced. Um, we don't actually know anything about what's next. Obviously, there've been a million theories, but I mean, there's going to be. Hickman still has a contract with Marvel. Um, that has been reported on. That has been made clear. So I mean, he's still working with Marvel Comics, the publisher. Um, he is still going to be doing something. Uh, my my favorite. You know, example, right, or my favorite theory is, like, he's kicking off a Marvel Black Label line of, like, one and done, out of continuity type projects, you know, in graphic novels. I just think it's such a black hole, you know, pardon the pun, but, like, it's such, a, it's such a miss on Marvel's part. They don't have something comparable to DC's Black Label. That also seems like the type of book that Hickman is most interested in writing right now. Again, like, in an interview he did with Brian K. Vaughn, he literally said he didn't want to do, like, the long extended run that he's known for anymore. Like, he doesn't want to do that. Um, Substack thing, you know, excluded, but that's like a weird, you know, amalgamation of stuff where it's like all this process stuff, and you know, it's not, it's not typical traditional long run. Um, so I like the idea of like whatever Marvel's version of a black label project would be, I think that'd be the coolest. I think that would fit the best. A lot of folks are like, Oh, he's going to take over Spider Man. Um, oh, he's going to relaunch the Marvel Ultimate Universe. Um, whatever it is, I'll be interested. I'll want to read it. Uh, but if it's, you know, if it's a black label thing or like relaunching the Ultimate Universe where he gets to play player coach again general manager type thing i'm probably the most interested if it's like him taking over a property again i'm actually less into it like yeah i'll read it and i'll be curious but like i don't want to see him just stepping in as like the you know like the the property rejuvenator you know like he steps in he's like here's a cool ip idea kicks it off and then has no intention or conviction of staying like that actually sounds more disappointing to me i think in a lot of ways so anyway we don't have to talk Too much more about Hickman because I do all the time. (laughs) That reminds me. uh, If you like Capital Krokoa and you like Kraken Krokoa and everything I do here on the YouTube channel, I have launched a new series. It's called (laughs) Hickmania. I am uh, covering all the creator-owned works of Jonathan Hickman. We're going to do one book a month. So it's like a book club. It's a reading club. And then I'm going to have conversations and analysis on here with different guests every month so the nightly news is already up on the podcast the comic podcast uh, if you go to compucarol.com, you can find it there i've got a conversation there with zach quaintance a comics writer um he read, runs the site comics bookcase uh it's really good honestly and I, I don't say that lightly like we we did a good job <laughs> did a good conversation and uh we tackled hickman's the nightly news which is a challenging book to talk about, um, fifteen years later, actually, uh, and up next is going to be Pax Romana. So we're doing the we're doing the whole Hickman creator own verse like this summer. We're going to be talking Manhattan Projects East to West. Uh, we're going to get into Black Monday Murders. Right, we're going to get into all the good stuff. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you, if you're a fan of the author and the comics creator, check out Hickmania. Uh, that conversation will be going up here on YouTube on the channel here, uh, hopefully next week. Um, I should have that. So if you're into that idea, come check it out. Check out the Convo Carol podcast, check out the site. And of course, you know, like, and subscribe to the channel and you'll get the videos here as well. Uh, And I I do want to, you know, if this goes well, and right now I'm super jazzed about it and I'm hoping it will, you know, going into 2023 next year, like I want to do the same thing with different creators, you know, so like this year it's Jonathan Hickman. Next year, let me know your thoughts. Like what creators do you think would be cool to do a similar type of project with? Um, There are two, like, so Alan Moore and Grant Morrison, or obvious answers, and I think would be extremely fun, Um, but I'd probably want to keep it somebody a little more modern. i probably want to keep it as somebody a little more recent and a little more actively involved in the contemporary comic scene. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Question here from Cole Weathers asks, Do you think Penance M would care if she loses? (laughs) Who would be the saddest about not winning? Uh, Definitely uh, Penance does not care. Definitely does not care. It's one of the things I like the most about her. Um, she's a character who is just fully confident in her abilities and uh, and capabilities and does not need the validation of others voting for her. Who would be the saddest? Um I would be the saddest for armor because she's run twice now <laughs> and not gotten in. um who wants it the most? Probably bling. I think bling. like there are a number of panels that I've seen shared on social and stuff uh, for people who are, you know these panels of bling being like, I want to be an X-Man because otherwise, what is the point of me looking like a mutant and not getting to coexist in society so much, right? And maybe that attitude has shifted a little bit in the Krakoa era, um, which, you know, would be an interesting thing to explore. But probably Blink. I think Blink would be the saddest about it. Um, but again, I would feel the worst for armor because she'd be O for 2, <laughs> whereas everyone else who has not won is O for 1. Uh, Peter David would, would not fit the Hickmania criteria. <laughs> that i'm describing here um because uh he's he's dated my man uh peter david is pretty dated uh brian Azzarello a little closer a little closer to the conversation i did think about that because i i have not read 100 bullets in full um i started it and i was not getting into it uh at all and i know that's a comic that a lot of people love um so that's that is not uninteresting to me um but yeah that's that's more in the conversation and yeah like if you've only read hickman's marvel work um like you know this is a what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to dig into creators outside of the constraints and the confines of the big two but like if you're like oh well i I like marvel stuff we're going to talk about that too right there's no good way for me to talk about pax romana and not talk about house of x and powers of ten there's a lot of overlap i mean it's been really cool i think too going back to these creator owned works of hickman where it's like he's writing stuff that gets used in marvel books later in his creator own stuff in 2006, 2007, you know. So those little things are, are interesting to pick up on. Um, and Pax Romana, again, it's it's a book that definitely has a lot of shared DNA with House and Powers, as, again, kind of all his creator-owned stuff. Not all, but a lot of his creator-owned stuff does from that era. Um, so, all right, yeah, let me know. Let me know who you'd like to see explored, um, you know, in comments here, um, in the in the channel, in the future. Again, I'm doing a whole year here at Mania, so i so I'm way ahead of myself. <laughs> on this but yeah if you're if you're curious about jumping in check out the video the first one i'm going to share on the nightly news i think it's pretty good um the nightly news is not my favorite hickman work um and it's definitely one that i think holds up uh, it does not hold up as well as some of his others um so if you're kind of like oh well it doesn't seem like he's that into it like don't worry like my positivity and my my approach to these is definitely going to shift based on the works like i'm a huge i'm a huge east to west fan i'm a huge black monday murders fan those are probably the two that i have highest on the best comics of all time list on cbh um and then you know manhattan projects i've i've loved a lot um uh and then pax romana and red mass for mars i've been getting into as well like i hadn't read actually uh, a decent chunk of his creator-owned stuff for, from the the earliest days transhuman red mass for mars i never touched those um so that's been a lot of fun as well if that sounds fun to you come hang out come come reading along the hickmania schedule again it's one book per month so like it's really it's really not that much all right any final x-men vote or x-men thoughts here otherwise i'm gonna call it and go get some pizza. All right. Do we have any good thoughts here? Garth Ennis. Um, that would be an interesting one, except um, kind of faded out. You know, kind of faded out. Um, I've, I've already read Preachers. I've already read a lot of The Boys. I've already declared The Boys on Amazon is better than The Boys the comic. The rare TV show better than the book. Um, so I don't know that I'd be, I'd be that into an Ennis dig. Uh, but I'd be curious. I could do more of his Hellblazer. That would definitely interest me for sure. Um, what else do we got? Philip Kennedy Johnson. <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Uh, I have not really read anything by Kennedy Johnson that I've been head over heels for. But I haven't, I haven't read the Superman run at all. Um, so that is that's a that's a modern choice. That is a new modern choice. I'm thinking someone with a little bigger resume for sure. Right. I'm thinking somebody with a bigger resume. Like names that are popping in my head would be like Matt Fraction. Um, I think Remender would be in the conversation, but probably not my pick. Um, but anyway, there's others to go. Uh, somebody just yelled Portillo's in the chat. That sounds amazing. I would love to have Portillo's. (laughs) I love Portillo's. Uh, I, I bring it here, bring it here and I will have some, I would absolutely love a Chicago dog right now. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you all joining live here. These are super fun to do. And uh, thanks so much for you joining in the Super Chat. That is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, If you want to get more X-Men conversation like this, like and subscribe here to the channel. Uh, Follow everything at Comic Book Herald, and you can find all my stuff. Rom V, good pick, good pick. I like it. I've read a lot of Rom stuff, and, uh, and he's awesome. But otherwise, thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the comics.